Smith of the TFON Podcast live for season three, episode four, and I have a special guest in the studio or on the internet with me. I have Jacob Davis of the Hog Talk Podcast and Saturday, let's see, is it? Saturday, Saturday down Talk. south. My bad, my bad on that oh, one. Oh, you're Saturday good, man. You're good. That. But you're good. Um, he is a guy that covers the Arkansas Razorback. And that's who the Bearcats play on Saturday on ESPN at 3.30. A battle of two top 25 teams that will be taking, that will just be getting it on, man. And I'm happy to have Jacob here. Jacob, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing well, man. It's a, a good late at night thing, you know, just I'm excited about this game, uh, seeing what Arkansas and Cincinnati will do. Uh, really, it's it's really this is the biggest. Uh, I've been covering the Hogs for I guess six years now, so this is the biggest uh, season opening game Arkansas's had since I've uh, I've been doing this. It's fun. I'm excited about it and ready to see what Cincinnati does coming for all fresh of their uh, playoff appearance. Pretty dope, man. So this is our oh, yeah. this is our biggest like opening game as well. It was UCLA um, with fickle sec- fickle second year. Um, I think we had them back to back, but I think we had a fluff game yeah. on one of them. And then the, the first one on the road, it was just UCLA. So this is, but I don't think UCLA was a top 25 team, just the name UCLA. Right. So this is the first time that we're playing some boys that we know um, are, are serious from the jump. So pretty excited as, as well, just, you know, as a person that covers the team on a consistent basis. Yeah, and as you should be. I mean, this is a top 25 matchup, prime. Yeah. Prime time of the day at 2.30 or 3.30 uh, Eastern time on ESPN. So, yeah, it's a big matchup. you got to compete with uh, the Georgia and o- uh, Oregon game, though. But uh, there's going to be a lot of eyes on, in Fayetteville, Arkansas this coming weekend. For sure. But as long as everybody has, you know, solid cable or even our solid uh, streaming services, they can go oh, back yeah. and forth. But, you know, I think I think this game will be pretty good, um, you know, for whoever watches. I know, you know, you, know, you guys will definitely be locked in. I know we will. We, we definitely we're we're excited chomping at the bit, man. Especially how we lost last year. Um, we were zero and two against SEC teams. Um, you know, Georgia were so close and kind of let that one slip away. And then Bama that game they just kind of strong armed us. But uh, that's neither here nor there. And we you know lost a lot of people in the in the league. So you know we got a kind of some proven unproven people. Which I know that sounds crazy, but we got people that had a lot few snaps last year, but they're going to have more of a role this year. But, you know, I'm going to get right into it. You guys have a top 25 team. You guys have a possible dark horse in the Heisman um, Trophy um, running um, with K.J. Jefferson. You know, what is it, you know, as a person that's been there covering this team, around this team, what is it to see a guy like him, you know, come down there and just kind of put his imprint in there to be able to run and pass? You know, what makes him so special? And then just where do you think he can improve, et cetera? Just, get, you know, just give – a love fest for J.K. Real quick. Yeah, so so K.J., a lot of people kind of uh, say he's more of a Cam Newton type of player. I think he's a better thrower than what Cam Newton was, but Cam Newton was also a solid runner, like one of the best in the country. A lot of people in the South can compare K.J. to Cam. I think that's what makes him so special, a guy that's physical. He's a guy that takes on the, the – uh, personality of his head coach a guy that works hard like Sam Pittman does that that doesn't take no for an answer a guy that's physical in the run game uh, he does look to run first and we haven't been able to see a lot of that during uh, 
during the fall practice in spring because every time a defender would get even close to KJ, they'd whistle the play dead, which didn't happen very often. So, yeah, KJ's a special guy. Obviously, he uh, got better as the season progressed last year. Uh, about midway through uh, the last six games, uh, I think his uh, I'm going straight off the top of my head. His his uh, completion percentage was around 71% through 15 touchdowns. I think only through one interception through the final six games. Uh, and and I think he rushed for three touchdowns. A guy that uh, went toe-to-toe with the best. I mean, he, he played uh, the Mississippi State game. I think he was 18 to 23 passing there. Uh, he threw for over 300 yards and was 22 of 30 passing against Alabama last year in three touchdowns. So the guy, when when the lights got brighter and, and as the season went on, he got better. And, you know, you, you look at it and it's, you know, Kendall Bryles, who's not had a starting quarterback return in his whole time as an offensive coordinator. This is KJ's second year under him as a starter. So I expect some special things to happen with KJ. And, and it all depends on how he starts this year you know you've got uh, i think y'all have three uh d- defensive linemen back that were starters last year or were or have some experience and you have two good linebackers two solid linebackers now you lose sauce gardner you know and several other guys on the uh defensive backfield so you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to watch uh the chess game that's going to be going on between the arkansas offense and cincinnati defense Sure, man. I'm excited to see how that that takes a place. You know, yeah. So Jefferson is a guy that's as big as a defensive end or outside linebacker, oh, yeah. depending on the team you play. Um, Port, I mean, strong built young man, and you know he can move. So it's going to be interesting because I don't think the Bearcats have played a guy that's that's as physical as him at the quarterback position since. Yeah. I really can't remember off the top of my head because you know Bryce Young, they play him, but mm-hmm. he's. He can he's, move, he's, he's smaller. Physical. He's a lot right. smaller as well. Um, he really right. didn't have to display that part of his game against, you know, the Bearcats as well. Um, Georgia really didn't have a guy that could do that. Um, Houston, Toon could move a little bit, but he's not, he's not JK, you know what I mean? He's not a KJ at all. Um, I really can't think of a guy that played that's, that has his kind of skill set. So it's going to be interesting to see that. And, you know, the way that Bearcats play defense, he normally they're big up front, but they do have their linebackers are smaller per se at certain mm-hmm. certain spots depending on you know how they what formation they're in or whatnot. But it's going to be interesting to see how when those linebackers get one on one with him, hopefully they can right. gang tackle them all day. How they hold up against them? They're short, a short tackling team, but they haven't faced a guy like him. So that's, I'm, I'm real right. interested to see how that goes. Right, I wouldn't want to be a linebacker trying to tackle KJ. Oh. No, absolutely not. No, I would, I would probably end up with a concussion, and probably, probably would say, "Hey, I'm red shirting the rest of the season. I, I'm not doing that again." Yeah, I would definitely be a guy that I want to take the angle, and I don't want the heads up. I don't want the heads right. up, and I hopefully my DN or D tackles filling, you know, filling that lane where he oh, can yeah. by, and then I can hit him head on. You know what I mean? I, I need, I need somebody else to help me with that guy. But right, absolutely. It's gonna be interesting to see how that goes. Um, because you know he's a guy that can do it both ways. You know he led you guys' team in rushing last year. Um, with that being said, do you think the emphasis is to let him not run as much, or maybe have one of the run the current running backs be the guy that hopefully takes that load off of KJ? 
I'm glad you actually asked me that because last year he did lead the team in rushing, and a lot of it had to do with the running game that he uh, he was able to hand off to. You had Rocket Sanders, Traylon Smith, A.G. Green, and Dominique Johnson, which was a four-headed monster in the backfield. Now Traylon Smith is obviously gone. He's left to go to UTSA for his final year of eligibility. So, yeah, K.J. was our leading rusher, but you also have to look at it in the fact that he wasn't the one always taking the hits either because you had four other guys that were over 500 yards in rushing last year. So uh, you also obviously had uh, Rocket Sanders, the stud out of Florida, uh, the state, uh, state of Florida, uh, as a freshman. He's going to be a sophomore this year. He had 500-something yards and seven touchdowns uh, last season. Looking forward to, for him to take a big jump. The guy's like 6'2", 230 pounds. So, obviously, you got a 6'3", 240 quarterback, and you got a 6'2", 230-pound uh, running back that I also bruise you, and I wouldn't want to be run over. I mean, he looks good. He looks the part of a, uh, a SEC running back that you would expect to see, uh, like a Bo Scarborough at Alabama or or like a Leonard Fournette at LSU for a, a couple of seasons ago. So he's a big guy. Uh, he has explosive capabilities. Uh, I think a guy that's going to be able to take a load off of KJ. Uh, Dominic Johnson, I don't know uh, if he's going to actually play this Saturday. He's coming off a, a lower leg injury uh, last season in the Outback Bowl win over Penn State. So uh, he also rushed for over 500 yards and almost, like I think he's six or seven touchdowns, eight touchdowns, something like that too. Uh, he may or may not play, so you'll see A.J. Green maybe take a couple of his uh, snaps uh, and, and reps. He started off the season really good, uh, and then as the season went on, he kind of hit a freshman wall. But I expect to see A.J. Green maybe improve uh, over what he did last season. Uh, he has, uh, ten, I think, 10-2 or 10-3, 100-meter uh, dash speed. So he's another guy that can also burn you, too. So, yeah, uh, K.J. may have led the team in rushing, but he has a stout uh, rushing game that led all of Power 5 football last season at 227 yards per game uh, in rushing last year. So so they return uh, about 80% of their production. So I think they're going to be doing well there as far as the offensive side of the football goes, rushing the football. Yeah, that's, that's true. And just, just to piggyback on what you said, yeah. <laughs> You guys have AJ Green, so I know this is, you know, uh, a college uh, yeah. podcast per se. But in Cincinnati, AJ Green is like yep. the man. This is like probably one of the only times you don't want a person named AJ Green to do well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And he, yeah, that AJ Green up there in Cincinnati, he was an animal. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Man, I always liked watching him play while he was at Georgia. And uh, he played pretty well there uh, for the Cincinnati uh, Bengals there for a little while. Is he still there? No, he's with the Cardinals. The last. That's what I thought. That's right. He, he got. There, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but yeah. So you don't wish you don't wish him well at all. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we don't want this AJ Green to do good. We don't want him to do good. He can do good the rest of the season. We don't want him to do good. Oh yeah. On, on oh yeah. But uh, but like you know, you guys have a, a hell of a running attack. Yeah. Who are the guys, maybe, where it's a tight end or a wide receiver? Who are the guys? I saw that, you know, all of your – you guys are real tall at the wide receiver position. Um, we'll get to your line in a second. I saw – I mean, everybody's 320. But I feel like you, every receiver is 6'2 and up. So is it just like a committee guy or is it is it a wide receiver group by committee or is it just like you have one or two guys where you know 
your bread is buttered and KJ is going to get it to him or that right. other person? Like, who, who are the guys that the Bearcats better watch out for? You know, they don't have Sauce or Kobe this year, but they do have right. a lot of unproven, talented young men on that side of the ball. But it's not the same guy. So I think they're prepared to get tested a lot. And I mean, if I was a coach, I would test them, you know, just because, like, they haven't been – know held that four down like the other guys you know you got somebody there for three four years consistently you don't get as many snaps so who's that guy are those guys so so obviously we lost Traylon burks last year he was the first round receiver uh so losing him's hard now i don't know anything about this wide receiver group i don't know who's gonna i I mean not to say i don't know anything about him (laughs) but they are going there's a lot of new guys in the uh two deep this year they're all like six three yeah, like 200 pounds. It's crazy. This is the uh, most size I've seen at the Arkansas's uh, wide receivers in a very long time. And it just kind of happened overnight through the transfer portal. You've got Matt Landers, who uh, was a George, he was at Georgia as a freshman till his junior year, transferred out, went to Toledo last year, and averaged like 25 yards of catch. The guy runs like a 4'3", 40. Uh, he's at 6'5", 205. I mean, he's a big guy. Uh, but he had like 25 yards of catch and seven touchdowns last year for Toledo. You had Jaden Hazelwood coming over from OU, who was a very good receiver at yards after catch. He he's a guy that'll get you the yak yardage. I think he's it's more like I mean, I think he had like 400 something yards on like 28. 30 catches last year, whatever it was for OU, but he was their leading receiver. So he comes over to Arkansas. And then you have uh, Warren Thompson, who was a wide receiver at Florida State, played for Arkansas last season. He's another guy at 6'3", like 200 pounds, uh, physical receiver, has pretty good speed, uh, can get open. I mean, he had a couple of times where he was able to uh, kind of surprise like Ole Miss's and Alabama's defense uh, throughout the game and uh, ability to get open. Uh, and at tight end, you have Trey Knox, a guy. This is a guy that just a a fascinating story. A guy that uh, started at Arkansas as a wide receiver as a freshman. He was 6'5", 180 pounds, maybe six five hundred eighty. He was he was uh, Arkansas's like one of their leading receivers his freshman year under Chad Morris's last last season. Uh, he didn't get any playing time really in twenty twenty, uh, and then this past season, the last six games, he had like like. I want to say 20 catches, 200 yards, and one touchdown. And all of that was in the final six games after he moved from wide receiver to tight end. Okay. So he was uh, he was a tight end at 6'5", 215. And you know that's a, not a good matchup to have. Uh, you, 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 you can't depend on him in run block, and you can't yeah. really de- depend on him at receiver because he's not as fast. He maybe runs a 4'6". This year, over the summer, the guy is now 6'5", 245 pounds, 250 pounds at tight end. Muscled up, a very good-looking body. And so I expect him, I don't know how big of an impact he's going to make, but he broke out last season undersized, and now he's got that size, SEC size. Uh, that's somebody else you all need to watch out for, Trey Knox, uh, number seven, tight end. Yeah, he, he put on 30 pounds of muscle. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's serious business. So yeah, you guys, I didn't realize that was Hazelwood that went to Oklahoma. Um, yes, he was a solid dude. And the Toledo kid, Toledo has had some good, good offensive teams as of late uh, on the low. Oh yeah. And so if he went there. He probably he probably got some game on. Him. So that's oh yeah. Interesting. All right, so guys are the Hogs. Let's talk about you guys as big men. 
up on, on the on the front line and the offensive line. I'll look at you look at it, you see six five, three twenty, everybody's three thirty. Like what what are what are they feeding those got young men in? Who who's the pillar? Who's that guy that's the important or the rock person on that offensive yeah. line? Yeah. So it's Sam it's the Sam Pittman factor, man. Everywhere he's gone over the past decade, he's He's had dominant offensive lines, and one of them in 2015 was the biggest offensive line in all of college, or all of football, NFL or college. So uh, he's got a he's got a new starter at left tackle. You had to replace Myron Cunningham. He's got a, a transfer in from Notre Dame. His name's Luke Jones. Uh, he's been in the system for two and a half years now. He's six five. I think I think three. 323, 30, 337, or something like that is what I think of what I saw earlier. But he's a really good looking guy at left tackle. And then you have basically all your four starters back. Your right tackle, 6'9, 330. Uh, your, but your most important guy is Ricky Stromberg at center. He's He is the guy that will get it done. Uh, he is your, uh, he's a good student. He's a uh, solid, solid kid and a guy that's very, very physical at the point of attack. As soon as he snaps the ball, he's got you. He kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Frank Ragnow, who now plays at Detroit uh, for the Detroit Lions. He was a first-round draft pick uh, at Arkansas. Uh, he was a, a Sam Pittman recruit while he was there as his offensive line coach. So, yeah, uh, that. Uh, then you have your uh, guard positions. You have uh, Brady Latham uh, and uh, Bo Lemur, who – I think he squatted 750 pounds last week. I mean, basically the Hulk. The he's he is actually your smallest offensive lineman. He's like six three, like three oh five, three ten, but can squat 750 pounds. That's just insane to me. I can't even. I have trouble squatting onto the floor and picking up my ten month old. <laughs> I can't. I can't just. I can't squat. <laughs> that's serious. That's serious. I, but yeah, I squat a, a little bit. My knee. I'm on borrowed time with my knees, so I don't <laughs> do, oh, man. do workouts on my legs. But that squatting, nah, I would. My stuff. You ever seen that? Uh, that one. Uh, I don't know if it was a meme or a video where the dude was like trying to lift something else and he's squatting at the same time and he just folds like a like a sandwich. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, that would be me. I've that seen that. <laughs> That's great. Probably That's great. Unhands like a Mortal Kombat uh, animation or something at the movie. <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. But, <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, you guys are you guys are, are huge. Like at, at that um, at that position or at that you know at that you know at that group for sure. Um, is it? I know you guys run the ball well. Are, are they good at? Pa- are they a pass blocking? Are they strong at pass blocking, or are they just want to maul you? Because I mean, damn, I'm 330 pounds. And I don't have to play much finesse. Right. So this offense is predicated on the RPO. So yeah, you kind of have to uh, pass block a lot, but they're going to want to run. It's a run dominated offense under Kendall Bryles. And I think it's going to be more of like a 60-40. But, yeah, they can pass block when they have to. KJ, uh, last season, obviously you have four guys back. So yeah. so uh, the continuity is there. And so, I mean, they know each other. They, they know uh, what they need to do. And I, think they don't, I don't think they'll have any problem pass blocking. But the run blocking is probably going to be their strongest uh, part, of the, part of the offensive line. Uh, I think they'll pave the way again. I don't know if they'll lead all of Power 5 football in rushing uh, like they did last year, but they're going to be close to it again. I think they can still be top 5, top 10. Right, so we're going to flip it to the defense side of the ball. Um, we know the offense is strong, 
especially run oriented, has have the skill players. What about on the defensive side? We'll, we'll, um, the Bearcats are, I would say, decent, but from the last few seasons, they're a pretty 50 50 type of team. They want to run downhill, but with the new, new offensive coordinator, I feel like they're going to attack the edges a lot more, try to get people in space, um, which is a welcome sight for a lot of Bearcat fans because you guys will. Is LSU on you guys' schedule? Yes, LSU's on okay. there, yes. So, then Brock, which is a good guy, always been a pleasant person. He is stick to the plan, stick to the plan, don't deviate. We're going to try to run down your face, where I feel like. Gino is more, he wants to try to get people in space, use the speed, um, take advantage of that. So, with that being said, how do you think Arkansas is going to defend the Bearcats? And then, kind of, who are you guys' keys, like, on each level? Like, your, you know, secondary linebackers and defensive line. We'll just group it all in. Yeah, so, so it depends on what quarterback y'all are going to trot out there <laughs> on Saturday. Because if you use Ben Bryant, who's a who's a big guy that's not very mobile, I think uh, you're going to see more of that that uh, uh, vert or the horizontal running. I mean, trying to get to the edges. Uh, but I don't know exactly how much success y'all have. Not not saying that's a bad thing. But Arkansas also has plenty of good speed and a lot of experience on the outside edges. Uh, Barry Odom likes to get guys to the football, and when I say like not just one or two guys, he wants the whole team coming after the guys. So you have speed outside the lines. You've got Bumper Pool, who uh, is the uh, uh, returning or one of the returning starters at linebacker. And you also have Drew Sanders, a linebacker transfer from uh, Alabama. He's a guy that has really good speed. I did not know exactly how much speed he had until he chased down Malik Hornsby, who's our backup quarterback, who could run like a like a 10-2, 10-3, 100-meter dash. Like this guy, I mean, it's just insane how, how good of an athlete he is. Uh, you also have Jalen Catalan at safety, Miles Slusher at nickelback, who are two guys that are uh, very, very quality safe, uh, safeties, defensive backs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, they can get to the football quick, too, uh, as far as trying to uh, keep people from going on the edges. Arkansas has not always had that uh, because they used to get beat on the edges because they were slow. And this is a this is team is built on speed, uh, and that's one of the things that Coach Sam Pittman has has said over and over and over again this fall is that Arkansas his team has more speed and more size than they've really ever had on either side of the football, especially on defense. So, uh, really looking forward to seeing how they match up with Cincinnati. Can they ma- uh, how is Cincinnati's speed going to affect Arkansas? Are they going to be able to? Uh, Get the first uh, first game jitters out of the way and and play clean football. That's the question there. And if they can play clean and keep everything in front of them, I think they can have success. Uh, now, if you put uh, who's the backup quarterback there at Cincinnati? I'm forgetting his name. It's 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 fifty fifty, right? So it's not been announced. So it's okay. Who's who's the other quarterback? He's yeah, more of a dual Evan threat. Prater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like he's a guy that could probably impact the game more than Ben just because he's a little bit more mobile. Uh, but we'll see on Saturday. I think uh, I think it's going to be a good test, man. Uh, and then on defensive line, though, uh, I didn't answer that part. Uh, the defensive line is a question mark right now just because you don't have any returning starters on the defensive line. Uh, but uh, these guys all have experience. They've, they've played a lot of snaps, like you mentioned earlier about your defensive line. Yeah. 
a lot of guys that have played a lot of football. So uh, I'm not too worried about it, but, you know, we're limited in depth there. So that's a uh, – if you lose one of those guys, it's going to hurt. So uh, really looking forward to seeing what they can do Saturday and and, and see if they can limit uh, limit y'all in, in the run game because I assume uh, losing Desmond Ritter, y'all are going to kind of depend on uh, the run game more. It, I would say so, especially being the first game. I think they're. I mean, they, we, we're deep at run, running back. They can rotate a lot of quality guys. I would think the running game would be very important in their tight end. Um, yeah, two quality tight ends. Um, actually, three, but two that you know are going to get the ball or should get the ball. And then you got some solid receivers, a lot of speed at receiver. Got some size mixed in there as well. So, but I think it starts with the running game, and I feel like they want to go inside out, per se. Um, in my head, that's how I look at it. Uh, especially when right. you have the two tight ends that are, you know, six four, six five, can make plays and move. Um, so, you want to try to test those linebackers and see if they can cover. But uh, I maybe safety, who knows? Maybe maybe catch them being too aggressive or something. But um, it's going to be definitely interesting, man, because the Bearcats have the one thing is their offensive line. All their starters return on offense. Yeah. Um, so even if somebody's not starting because of you know coming back from injury or whatnot, they still have a, a little bit of depth there that people are as right. Shocking, especially being a, a G five team at this current point in, in the you know in uh, college football right now. So absolutely. Um, so that that would be definitely interesting, man. Um, if you were to pick, I mean. If you were to pick who will win, or like, what, what's your? Do you want to do a prediction? Like, it's up to you. Oh man! Oh Lord! You would put me on the spot because I really don't know how this game is going to play out. I could see it being a either. I think Arkansas, with their returning experience, I think they have a chance to win. But I, I feel like if it's a close game going into the fourth quarter, I think Cincinnati could win. I'm not really ready to give a prediction yet. I don't know if I'm going to be ready to give a prediction because I don't know what in the world's going on. Like, I don't know. Uh, it depends on what quarterback plays. Uh, for Cincinnati, I know what Arkansas has, and I'm very confident Arkansas can can start 1-0. But uh, it, it really depends on uh, what y'all do offensively. And I think it could be a 10-point game just because Arkansas and in Fayetteville, I think, uh, I think Arkansas has a chance to, you know, kind of pull away late just with their run game. Uh, but if it's, I mean, I still think Cincinnati, if, if it's a three-point game, uh, they have they have the experience. They're coming off the playoffs. They know how to get there and win. Y'all got a big victory over Notre Dame last year on the road in in South Bend. So, I mean, anything's possible. It's any given Saturday, uh, JT. I, I'm, really, I'm really excited about this game. I'm not ready to give a prediction yet because I really – just I don't know what to expect yet. Yeah, it's, it's crazy because normally, like the Notre Dame game, you had multiple games to see it. And I was telling people, like, look, man, I know this sounds homerish, but I'm like, I think the Bearcats will handle Notre Dame on the road easily. And right. Like, ah, oh, you sound crazy. I'm like, I'm telling you, man, they don't have the, they didn't have the, I mean, they had a few good, super good players. Their tight end is all world. Absolutely. Um, Kyle Hamilton's all world. Yep, safety. But it was like their quarterback didn't have like a top tier quarterback. I'm not. I mean, he's D one, of course, but it wasn't like right. They had a Bryce Young. He wasn't a game changer. It's not like Brady Quinn. Yeah, yeah. 
You know what I mean? They haven't really had that quarterback since, like, maybe a Brady Quinn, honestly. Or who was With Jimmy Clawson. Yeah. Clawson. Yeah, Clawson's all right. Clawson yeah. I like with Clawson. I can't lie. I like Clawson. Let's see. It's been a minute since they really had that guy. I mean, I thought Malik was it Zaire. Was it Malik Zaire? Yeah, yeah. Lafie. Um, I thought he was going to be kind of that guy, and he kind of. And then they had a bigger guy like a couple of seasons ago, like maybe 2019, that started out great, and then just kind of, kind of, you know, he just wasn't. And it ended up getting replaced by I think Ian Book, who ended up starting. Yeah, yeah. Run real good, but then yeah, he passed real good. I mean, yeah, he was a big guy. He's like fifty percent, they couldn't do really do much. Then Book took a spot, um, but yeah, they went on a roll, beat them. I think the Bearcats having a solid line helps a lot, but playing on the road in front of almost eighty thousand, the first game is going to be a hell of a task to ask anybody. I don't think, no matter what, who wins, I feel like nobody's going to get blown out. I feel like it'll be a close no. game. Somebody like interceptions, fumbles. Timely penalties will be what undoes whoever loses this yep. game. I agree with that. And then I just think the Bearcats have to have to play clean early because they're on a road. I feel like even if the Bearcats come out and they go jump out on Arkansas 14-0 or something like that, I don't foresee that happening. But with you guys being at home, I feel like the, 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 the tie will settle and you guys will make a run. You know what I mean? To get it close. Oh, yeah. The Bearcats yeah. can't allow – you guys to jump out on them like that because you're on the road you get that crowd going now you are hunting for a big play to have a chance and then that's not good on the road at home you could probably get get away with that but on on a road in front of almost eighty thousand, that doesn't sound too idea um no matter how no. good the team is and i, I don't think that's exactly that right how the team would be i just don't think that can't happen like if you guys jump out it's a fumble in the first snap on the first series or you guys get a pick six or something like that. You know what I mean? Then, you know, KJ runs down our throat or makes some kind of big play. And then now the, 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 the fans are going super crazy. Everybody's hair is on fire. Now your defense is just going crazy. Their arms, their ears are back because they know you kind of have to pass a little bit more. It's not, I mean, you can run a little bit early depending on how, how it happens, but it takes the guessing game out of it. And I don't want, the Bearcats can't afford for that to happen. They normally protect the ball very well, but it's just they haven't been in – they've been in some good environments, some great environments. They just haven't been in that first game. This is a top-tier team that, that can beat you, that you know that can beat you. So I want to see how that happens, how they hold up against that, man, because that's going to be key. But I don't think it'll be a blowout no matter who wins. Um, I, I would I would edge Arkansas's way just because you guys have an experienced quarterback. You guys have Bearcats have experience, but Ben left for a year, came back. Um, he played a lot last year, but it's still a whole, a, well, kind of semi same system, but it's still not what he did last year. So it's, a, it's, right. still, it's still a different thing. And you don't get that ease into the game, game as well. You know, they have that ease in game next week. So, you know, that feel-good game next week, you know, normally you get that feel-good game where you might score 45, 52, give up three points because you got third strings in because you're trying to blitz still and let everybody kind of get their feet wet. But, you know, this game is just going to be a real game from the jump for both sides, and it's going to be interesting to see, man. I, I am super, super excited to watch this game. Uh, greatly appreciate all your information. And I also want to say, like, are, are you covering the game? 
you're going to be alive. Yeah, man, I'll I'll be I'll be there at the game, and I'll I'll have articles and stuff written after the game. Uh, yeah, you can check all those out at Saturday Down South, uh, and and you can listen to my podcast. Obviously, uh, my recap of the game on Sundays at eight thirty uh, in the evening time too. Okay. So that's every Sunday. So you can catch me there. Sounds good, man. My guy Neil Meyer will be there covering it for for the front office news. So make sure oh, that's if what's you, up. If you if you uh if you're in the in the building, you're not too busy, man. Feel free to say hey, say what's up to my man. Hey, I Neil. sure will, dude. Um, let let everybody know where they can find you on social media, where they can find your work. Yeah, yeah, you can uh, always find me. It's the easiest way. I post everything on Twitter uh, at, at Jacob Scott Davis. That's a J A C O B S C O T T D A B I S on Twitter, and you can also uh, find me all me, most of my stuff at SaturdayDownSouth.com. All right, so that's where everybody. If you want to watch, get any information about this game, go there. Make sure you check out my man Jacob. Um, oh yeah, we'll do. Holding it down, giving us valuable information. Hopefully, the Bearcats can pull off, start off one and zero. But it's going to be a heck of a task, and it's good, man. Just the, I know, I don't know how it is for you guys, but for us, with us being the G five team, um, currently until next year, I can't wait. Oh man, I'm going to do a backflip once that happens. If we get yeah. back. Y'all are y'all are like uh, facing Boise State in the twenty or late two thousands, early twenty tens. It's it's a fun time. Y'all are the the uh, G five team. So yeah, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. It's it's cool because like for a minute nobody like, wants you know, to play you. Get, play you. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't, man. People take us <laughs> off the off the. You're right. Off the schedule all the time, man. I feel like we might lose North Carolina State the next year. I think. I feel like next year. Everybody, I feel like that might be the one, but I hope, hopefully, it's not. Um, but I feel like um, I'm excited just because, man, we've just been on like a rise, super rise, just absolutely faster than expected, um, and just playing good teams because it's hard. Like the, the the bad thing, I know it sounds crappy. I'm not trying to crap on the AAC in general because it's giving the Bearcats a heck of a platform to be able to bounce and do what they're doing, but since like the last two years this year i think the conference is top heavy but i'm not yeah. sure the bottom like they don't allow the bearcats to have that lull like where in arkansas arkansas if you guys go 10 and 2 you're going to have names in there that you beat where people are going to love your 10 and 2 where right the bearcats go 10 and 2 you get the wrong losses on that 10 and 2 you don't beat the right teams in that 10 and 2 people right. are going to be like all right, you lost really? You lost Tulane? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. Tulsa plays as tough as heck. Anyways, they were legit for two. Like, last year they weren't as good, but the year before they were legit. Um, quiet as kept. But, like, you know, you can't lose a Tulsa. can't lose a Navy. You know, those type of teams that are kind of where you can possibly lose and be like, all right, it sucks. You don't want to lose, but – they're right. not going to crap on you. Like, you know what I mean? If you lose a Tulane exactly on, right. in October, everybody's going to be like, this team isn't that good, but that's not the case. But uh, we got two good non-conference games, two good ones, you guys and Indiana, which hold weight. So um, hopefully the Bearcats can, can do their thing and hopefully get be at a New Year's Six Bowl. But um, I know I'm getting long-winded, but for you guys, what do you think – how do you think you guys' season going to go just – besides this UC game? So I think anything less than eight and four 
is going to be tough. I mean, because you don't want to take a step backwards. But I think that the expectation is to go nine and three regular season or more. And because that just that's been the uh, projection of this program since uh, Sam Pittman took over uh, two years ago, three almost three years ago now. Uh, Arkansas was two and ten back to back seasons, the worst stretch in Razorback football history uh, under Brett Bielema and Chad Morris's uh, Tutledge. Uh, lose them, and Arkansas has been skyrocketing through uh, not just the rankings but through the college football world from the basement to almost like the second tier in the SEC yeah. uh, and then are knocking on the door of the first tier. Like Arkansas's this this is probably the best team Arkansas is going to have ha, or has had since the 2010 or 2011 seasons when they went to uh, uh, the BCS and then the next year going to the Cotton Bowl. So it's that been a long time years. coming. What's that? Those McFadden years? Oh, McFadden! Yeah, McFadden's years were good, but these were even greater. The these were back to back ten win seasons. Uh, so I remember when you had McFadden. You got Alex. Yeah, like, yeah. McFadden was crazy. McFadden yeah. was so crazy good. He was he uh, he had one ten year see uh, ten win year. Okay. Uh, his sophomore season that catapulted him to uh, Heisman Trophy yeah. runner up, but uh, then they kind of let down the next year. Uh, with him as a junior before going pro. But, yeah, the 2010 and 2011 seasons were great. And that's what I'm feeling like Arkansas needs to go to next is maybe get to the 9-10 game, uh, game plateau and then continue on up uh, uh, up to uh, competing for SEC West uh, championships and then maybe even getting to the SEC championship game, which Arkansas has been to three times. So, yeah, Arkansas, man, I'm really excited to see what they can do this year. I think they have the pieces. It's just a lot of the fans and a lot of the media are like, just don't let us down. <laughs> just We've heard about how great this team has looked and, and how fast they've looked all, all spring and all summer. Just don't let us down. I think that's a lot of what the fans are thinking, too, is uh, don't let us down. I don't think they will. I think they have the good mindset to go nine and three or ten and two. Okay, that's fair. That's, that's a good heck of a season, actually. It is. It is, especially when you are coming off of two and ten back to back two and ten seasons in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. I was going to. Yeah. Ask, I remember it being bad. I remember it, it was terrible. Bad. It so was like, terrible. So Chad Moore just came in and st- stole checks pretty much. Chad Moore. He did. He did, and then took ten million with him to get out of here. Dang, that's. That's a hell of a come up right there. He oh, was yeah. doing all right at SMU, though, I feel like, right? That's where he was at. He was, at he was all right. Yeah, he was at SMU. He was doing solid at SMU. Brett, Brett Billima. I'm sorry if I'm saying murder. But, name. but he uh, right? Whether he was the guy yeah. in Wisconsin and he dipped. Yeah, he, yeah and then he came to. Ohio State yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. So get this, though. So I posted this on Twitter earlier. This is what I'm going to say before I get off here tonight. All that right, uh, cool. I know, I know so, so uh, it's all good. It's <laughs> all good. So the uh, the quarterback at Western Kentucky in 2019 was Ty Story. The okay. he was the quarterback at Arkansas in 2018, and the year they went to a 10. Chad Morris told him to get out of town because I'm bringing in Ben Hicks from yeah. SMU to be your starting quarterback. And so Ty Story. 
Goes to Western Kentucky, wins like nine or ten games there. Comes to Fayetteville in the last game that Chad Morris ever coached on the sideline in Arkansas. Ty Story came up and scorched his butt at Western Kentucky. He threw for like 300 yards and three touchdowns. And I, I shared it on Twitter. I, 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 uh, his, it was an Instagram post. And if I can find it real quick. And it said, uh, Ty Story. It says, because I told him that we put that behind us, but I lied. And he came back. He came back with his arms open wide, saying, "So long, Chad." And that's uh, and that was the final game. The nail in the coffin of the Chad Morris era at Arkansas was his former starter, who wasn't good enough to start for in the the 2019 season, came back and scorched him, and ended up what got him fired. So, yeah, that was pretty crazy, pretty wild. How the AAC really uh, uh, helped Arkansas. Uh, are out for a little while. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> with, uh, dope. with Chad. <laughs> That's a pretty dope story. It sucks for the program for say it worked out. That's yeah. how I look at it for the Bearcats. Like he's it seems like Pittman is kind of like you guys are stickle. I mean, that's yeah. the smaller thing. I mean, because we went from having like some good glory in like the old yeah, the Brian Kelly years and, you know, and Butch Jones. You know, Kelly, D'Antonio, and then Kelly D'Antonio, even Butch Jones, he was okay. Like, we weren't trash with Butch Jones. Right. Good. And then, you know, everybody's like, man, I'm not going to lie. I, I was, like, all in. I'm like, we got Tommy Tuberville. That's great. Blah, blah, blah. And then he came here. He's freaking Brian, like, Terrible. Was, like, watching paint dry on the wall. Like, he was just stealing money, essentially, at the end of the day. And he was stealing money. And it was so bad. Like, when I would cover games, I would literally have my – post my pregame, like my recap done by halftime. Right. Like I would literally just be like, okay, I see where this is going. We got a good first quarter. Second quarter, we're going to be trash. And then second half, we're going to just get stumped out. So I would literally have my pregame recap done. And all I would do is add, add the final stats. Oh, and it my was gosh. Like to a point for like a year and a half where I was just like, it was bad. Like, But it was crazy because they had some talent, but it just was yeah, he wasn't recruiting like our area. He yeah, bad man. Like that's that's about how I got with the Chad Morris era because you know you can only write so many good things about two and ten. Yeah, and it's like you can only, and then you can't bash. Like I'm like in college, you, I mean pro. I guess you could do what you want, but like you don't want to bash where you're at. Like, right. You want access. That's it at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, know, you can get X'd off the list. You know what I mean? No matter how good, how, oh, yeah. how many years you've been on there. So, like, you got to be respectful. But at the same time, it was like stuff that, like, we got lucky that a person that, no, a person that covers stuff for the meat, not for the, uh, for local, my, my guy, uh, Ken Singles, he was the first person to let me on TV. Um, he had it on when he cussed the fan out. He was recording oh and walk, walk off the field. We, uh, we were getting, we got smacked like 40-something, uh, 10, maybe three. Right. I, I might be giving him too many points. And he told the dude, go to hell, get a job. And that's when it was like, and it went viral. It went super viral. I think it might have been the same night that, you ever seen the, the video of, of Batman kicking a field goal? Yeah. Like uh, yeah. five yeah, yards yeah. or 40 yards. It might have been that night. That's the only, only highlight that the Bearcats had. The kid comes out in the Batman uniform, hits the field goal, or whatever. Um, and he cusses him out. 
and then it goes viral <laughs> on Twitter and everything. And that that I think the school is like we can't keep him anymore. Like right. the buyout was kind of for us, it was like crazy. Like he still got a good chunk to go home, but it was just like it is so you gotta let him go. Like right. it. Like, it was wild. But yeah. All right, I, I won't. I won't keep rambling on you, man. But I, I greatly appreciate you. <laughs> You're good, JT. No, I appreciate you having me on. Time. I know, man. No problem at all, man. No, but you're good, man. Again, I, I know football. Hope, uh, I feel like we don't have a home at home with this, or do we? Now, if we have basketball, man, I know uh, we're both in Maui this yeah. year for the uh, Maui yeah, t- Maui Invitational uh, yes. in basketball season. That's going to be a fun, uh, fun matchup. So for sure, maybe we'll catch up then. Yeah, man, we got to do it again. Or yeah. hopefully they can meet up and meet up then. We'll definitely, definitely, definitely do this again. We'll talk a little crap. Hopefully oh, yeah. Whoever teams win, just be able to rag on the other person a little bit. But we'll see what happens. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I greatly appreciate it, man. So Hey, thanks, I, JT. I, get this up, man, and hopefully Bearcat fans enjoyed it. Hopefully Razorback fans enjoyed it. So, but... You know, um, oh yeah, I'll, I will. I'll share it. I'll share it for you, buddy. Bet, man. I appreciate it, man. Don't don't block me. You good? Be good. No, I won't. I won't. I don't block people. All right, cool. <laughs> I don't. I don't block anybody. So you have a good night, man. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. See ya. All right.